Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What's going on, everybody? And welcome to the latest and greatest edition of Between the Hash Marks. I'm Sean McCabe doing it by myself today. And wow. Just freaking wow. What an amazing weekend we had in the world of football. We had six top 25 teams in college lose this week. And three of them didn't even play. Because of the hurricane, we had 10 out of the 14 Sunday NFL games within one score of each other. That Auburn-LSU game was one of the best games I've watched in the last five years. That Packers-Vikings game was absolutely sensational. It's a shame there wasn't a winner. We got a quick show for you today doing some recap of the weekend's events. I'll address the five biggest things in college, the five biggest things in the NFL, We have breaking news in the NFL just a couple hours ago. You can follow the show at Between the Hash Marks on Facebook and Instagram. We put up a couple of interesting things every week. James does his DraftKings lineup, his sleepers, and I'd say he gave you two of them. One of them was amazing. One of them didn't pan out so well, but one of them was amazing. So go check out that. Check out those every week. Funny enough, we both lost our lock of the week. So we will have to do that embarrassing thing. That'll be on social media within the next couple week weekends. I'm going to be posting my top 50 college teams later this week, one quarter of the way through the season. But first, it's time for my opening rant. Your number one source for sports. You know who I can't stand? Kevin Durant. He looks like Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton had a kid. Now, who can argue with that? I hate Boston. I'm the biggest Miami Heat hater you'll ever meet. I just don't understand where you're getting your bogus information from. What the hell are you even talking about? Well, I'm sorry you're too freaking sensitive to handle the truth. You think I'm crazy? I'm just getting warmed up. You're now between the hash marks with James Koklak and Sean McCabe. This opening rant's going to be very quick. No, no simile, no pun, no, no, nothing like that. We're just gonna get straight right into it. And it's the Big Ten. The Big Ten is severely overrated, and I am going to call myself out here because I was saying the Big Ten was going to be the best conference this season, or at least the second best conference. They're gonna be neck and neck with the SEC. And it is not even freaking close. The Big Ten went 6-7 and seven in Week 3 in college football and had some truly embarrassing losses, okay? Let's begin with Rutgers versus Kansas. First off, how is Rutgers, even in the Big Ten Conference, just blows my freaking mind? Just blows my freaking mind, okay? They are by far the most unqualified program in the entire conference, you can make the case that they would be the worst team in the American conference, which is currently either UConn or SMU. And if you were to tell me either of those teams are better than Rutgers, I really wouldn't argue at all. And UConn 
just got 49 points put up on them by Rhode Island, okay? Rutgers has to play Buffalo this weekend, and Buffalo is a six-point favorite on the road. So, Rutgers lost to Kansas, 55-14, to to freaking Kansas, okay? To give you some perspective, Kansas is 5-34 and over the last four seasons. Kansas earlier in this season lost at home to Nichols State. To give you even more perspective, Nichols State is in the FCS Division 1-2A, and they are currently in 8th place out of 11 teams in their conference, the Southland Conference, which also features powerhouses like McNeese State and Central Arkansas. Nichols State, their only current win is against Kansas. And after Kansas lost to Nichols State, the president of the school was so embarrassed, he wanted to shut down the football program. And Rutgers just lost to that team 55-14. to Yeah, so Rutgers, they need to be dismissed from the conference altogether now. They, they don't belong in the conference. Let's continue. Troy beat Nebraska in Nebraska 24-19. And it's the first time that Nebraska is 0-2 since the 50s. Now, Nebraska will be fine next year. They, they have great history. They've won national championships, and they're going to be fine. Scott Frost, he's good at rebuilding programs. None of this is his players. So I'm I'm going to give him a pass as, as far as, like, Nebraska uh, being – they're going to be fine next year. But, jeez, dude, you schedule teams like Troy because those are going to be your guaranteed easy wins. I was on this show telling you that Nebraska was the most overrated team in the conference – but I actually had them 2-0 at this point. It's actually a good thing their game against Akron got canceled week one, or they might be 0-3. Speaking of Akron, they beat Northwestern 39-34 in Northwestern after being down by 18. That's the next embarrassing loss by the Big Ten. The last time Akron beat a Big Ten team was over 100 years ago in 1894, back when Grover Cleveland was our president then, okay? Let's not forget, there's another one, the next one, Temple destroying Maryland 35-14 to in Maryland. Oh, you're going to say, oh, well, they've kind of been decent over the, over the last few years. No, 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 I don't care. This is the same Temple team that lost to Villanova this year, okay? They lost to Villanova this year, and I see a lot of you scratching your heads because you didn't even know Villanova had a football team. Hey, Temple, it's okay to lose in Nova in basketball, but not football. And hey, Maryland, you're not supposed to lose to Temple at home by 21 freaking points. Moving on. We also have South Florida beating Illinois in Illinois. Now, I'm not going to destroy this one that much because USF is actually decent and Illinois is absolute trash. But here's the thing. 
Illinois, you were up 19-7 to going into the fourth, and you gave up 18 points in the fourth to lose. Absolutely despicable, and Lovey Smith needs to be fired. Mizzou beats Purdue. This is actually a very fun game. Not probably not many people watched, but the final score was forty to thirty-seven. Mizzou actually isn't that bad, uh, and Purdue is uh, pretty trash. So it's not the end of the world. There was actually over twelve hundred yards in this game, so very fun to watch if you actually caught it. And finally, finally, this this is the most embarrassing loss for the conference at the Big Ten conference is Wisconsin. That's right, the number six team in the country getting manhandled. By BYU 24-21 in Wisconsin. It's Wisconsin's first non-conference home loss in 15 years. And it was to a non-Power 5 team. Alright. Now, this one completely destroys the entire credibility of the entire conference for this season. And now there are only two legit teams, in my opinion, that have a chance at the playoff in Penn State. And in Ohio State, some of you may say Michigan or Michigan State. Michigan has a their their loss wasn't that bad to Notre Dame. It's it was only by seven, and if they run the table the rest of the way, they have they have the schedule to where they could probably push themselves in. Especially if they beat Ohio State and Penn State and win the Big Ten championship game. And I think they 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 do play Wisconsin as well. So there is that, but really it's going to be come down between Ohio State and Penn State. They play each other in two weeks. So the winner of that is most likely going to end up in the college football playoff if the committee even decides that, hey, we think the Big Ten should be in it this year because we also have Oklahoma, who's just absolutely incredible. Clemson's not going to lose a game this year. And we have three legitimate teams in the SEC that I, I could honestly see two of them getting in. We also have Stanford. Stanford is looks great. And not to mention, when you look at Washington and Auburn, they ha- they have good they have good non-conference or sorry they have good losses good losses that happen at the beginning of the year people will forget about it by the end of the year if they continue to run the table but also you got to bring up Penn State also almost had that most embarrassing loss of the season in week one to App State so this conference is so bad right now and I'm 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 being out in the open I thought this conference was going to be great but you you know what's funny you know what's funny? This still might be the second best conference in, in in college football right now. But they're nowhere near the SEC this year. They closed the gap a little bit last year. It was it was neck and neck. And this year was supposed to be the year that they took it over. Uh, but, but look at the SEC. The SEC currently has six teams in the top 25. And that's not including Florida or South Carolina. And you got to give it to Kentucky and Mizzou. You got to give them a lot of credit so far this year. Because they, they've they've been playing very well, so they have legit ten teams that are going to be in bowl games, if not more. Big Ten, sorry, you look really bad. Now I don't I don't want to I don't want to crush Wisconsin that much because I do think there's going to be a lot of overreaction to this loss. I think I still think Wisconsin's a very good team. I mean the AP has them all the way down to the 18 spot. I think that's way too low. I think that's a huge overreaction. I still think they're a top 15 team, but hey, what? <laughs> You can't be losing to BYU at home. Moving on, we have the five topics from college football, five topics from the NFL that we're going to quickly address. First topic, how good is Notre Dame actually this year? We we saw them week one. They played Michigan at home, and 
They they won. They won the game 24 to 17. Now you're saying, oh, that's not really that much. But hey, they actually dominated that game. They just dominated all fronts of that game. If you the the scores, one of the scores that Michigan had was a return for a touchdown, so it was kind of a fluky score. Notre Dame absolutely manhandled them in that game. But but you gotta look, you have to seriously question Notre Dame and their credentials right now. I mean, they they are currently 104th in scoring. They they barely beat they barely beat Vanderbilt last week, and they they were they were winning this game. They they could have they could have won this game by about 20, but they kept letting Vanderbilt hang in there. And I don't think Vanderbilt is anything special. I think they're better than they normally are, but they're not anything special this year. They're they're not going to do well in the SEC. So yeah, Notre Dame is 104th in scoring. They're 90th in passing. They're 77th in rushing, okay? Now, 31st in defense. That isn't bad, but they haven't played any, any legit offenses. Michigan does not have a good offense. Michigan is good because of their defense, and their offense is better than last year, but they're nothing significant. They were 35-point favorites against SMU last week, and SMU might be one of the worst teams in Division One. And they, they, they were 35-point favorite, only won by 21. That Yeah, they're, they're not as good as everybody thinks. And, I mean, who else has Notre Dame played? Ball State. They were supposed to destroy Ball State, and they didn't cover that spread either. So how good is Notre Dame actually? I think it's... It's very much open for interpretation because we really just have no freaking idea. I mean, they have they have a tough schedule coming up, so we will see Notre Dame actually get tested throughout the entire year. That is one thing I do respect about them. And I know it seems like I, I just crush Notre Dame every single year, but I mean we'll 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 see, all right, because they do play Stanford, they play Virginia Tech. They're going to play FSU. That'll be a test. We'll see. How good are they? They can beat FSU. If they lose to FSU, that really says more about them than it does about FSU because FSU is not good this year, okay? They do go to USC, but USC is not that great this year. So I think they're going They're going to have a couple nice wins on the season, but we'll, we'll see against Stanford in two weeks how they really are, and then the week after they go to Virginia Tech. So we'll really see about them over the next couple weeks, and they go to Wake Forest. We'll see if they struggle. I bet you they struggle at Wake Forest this upcoming week, all right? Moving on. Does LSU deserve to be a top-four team right now? Now, they're currently ranked sixth in the AP poll, and I think this is way too low. I say absolutely, and here's why. I would, they, they have, all right, I thought they were going to lose to Miami, Opening week, I, I I don't think this Joe Burrow's kid is good. I don't think Ed Orgeron is a good coach. I've, I've been completely wrong about Ed Orgeron so far. Uh, Burrow's, I'm still kind of skeptical skeptical on him. He's he's made some of the nice throws, but uh, I'm not going to say he's he's anything amazing. I mean, he was he was Ohio State's quarterback, and they got rid of him for Dwayne Haskins. Now Dwayne Haskins is an absolute baller, but yeah, I'm I'm not sold on on Burrow's yet. But but look. They beat Miami. They destroyed them. That defense is absolutely legit. I'm, I'm still not buying the offense, but that defense is, is absolutely legit. And they beat Miami. And then they beat Auburn. Uh, they beat Auburn on the road. So they have two road or neutral wins. Okay? And that's absolutely insane right now. They could they 
Most people were projecting them to be one and two at this point in the season. James and I both had them going about seven and five, six and six. So I thought they were the most overrated team in the SEC. Been wrong about that so far. I mean, they still have a ridiculously difficult schedule. So we'll see. I mean, if they run the table, they're they should be the number one team. But I would demote Clemson out because now if you look at the top four teams, when you look at Alabama, you look at Georgia, Ohio State, and Clemson. Now Ohio State. They've had the easiest schedule out of the four, but they've absolutely obliterated people. Absolutely obliterated people. And here, crazy stat for Alabama. Tua Tagovailoa. Now, he's like a cheat code for Nick Saban because Nick Nick Saban has dominated college football for the past, well, I don't know, seven, eight, nine, ten years. And he's never had a legitimate quarterback. The best quarterback he's had was A.J. McCarron. A.J. McCarron was amazing in college, but he's never had a better quarterback than that. Tua is absolutely insane. I saw this stat earlier today. This year, on third down, Tua Tagovailoa is 12 for 12 on third down, 12 for 12, over 290 yards, and six touchdowns six touchdowns and they they i'm not saying they played all these amazing teams they did play louisville they they, out of neutral and they they did go uh to old miss and they they just they just stomped all over old miss a lot of people were saying oh old miss is going to have a lot of revenge so they're going to keep it within 20 30 points nope nope not even close not even close but i would keep alabama in there because they've absolutely obliterated everybody they've played georgia same thing, and they have a quality win at South Carolina where they just put, they just really put the, their foot on the throats of South Carolina in South Carolina. So there's that. Ohio State, I would leave in because they've had an easy schedule so far, except they went down into Texas and they, they didn't cover the spread against TCU, but they won, they won by 12. So I, I'm impressed by that. That's a good win for them. And again, TCU. I think they're slightly overrated, but they're, TCU is definitely a top 25 team. I would take Clemson out, here, and here's why. Not that I don't think Clemson's amazing. I think Clemson's going to run the table, and I think Clemson's going to ultimately be in the playoff, and I, I ultimately think that they are probably the second-best team, especially with that defensive line. But just as far as – you you can't just go based on how good their talent is. you got to look at what they've done with what they've, what they've had to play against so far. And they've played two cupcakes. They played Furman. D2 or D1 2A school and they, their quality win they did go to Texas A&M and they looked amazing in the first half against Texas A&M but they let Texas A&M come back they only won that game by two now I know Texas A&M is ranked now uh yeah I don't I don't care I I, I still think Clemson should be out especially when you're considering LSU who They've beaten two legitimate teams, absolutely two top 25 teams, both neutral or on the road. So LSU, I have them at number three. I, I currently have a little tease for my, my top 50 rankings coming out this week. I do have Alabama one. I have Georgia two, LSU three. And then I have Ohio State at four. And then Clemson will round out my top five. So moving on, next question, Wisconsin. Are they out of the college football playoff? We kind of touched on it a little bit already. But I absolutely think so, even if they run the table. So they have 
I would say, three quality games that they have to play. They're all on the road. They go to Iowa this week. And I don't think Iowa's anything amazing, but here's the thing about Iowa. Iowa in Iowa, and it's going to be a night game. At night, Iowa has a little, they get this spark where they play like they are one of the best teams in the country. So I think that's if, if Wisconsin can blow them out, they need to blow them out. I don't, I don't. I don't think they do. I think they win. I think Wisconsin wins a very narrow margin. I could even see Iowa winning this game because every once in a while Iowa ends up being pretty good. They also got to go to Michigan in three weeks, and they have to blow out Michigan, which I don't think they do either. Michigan's defense is too good to get blown out. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. And then they got to go to Penn State. They got to go to Happy Valley towards the end of the year. And they got to blow up Penn State in that game. And and that's not going to happen because Penn State puts up too many points to get blown out. So they need to blow out those three teams, at least double-digit margin victories in all three of those games. Plus, they would need Penn State and Michigan to beat Ohio State. So those two wins that Wisconsin has so they look better. And then they would need Iowa to basically not lose another game. And, and that would take Wisconsin to the Big Ten Championship game, which they would also have to dominate that game. So I could see them getting to the Big Ten Championship game and end up screwing over the other team that they play. I could see them beating Ohio State or Penn State in the, in the Big Ten Championship game. But even if all that happens, they still might not get in, especially when you consider you got Bama, Georgia, LSU, Clemson, Oklahoma, and Stanford. And like I said earlier, Washington and Auburn have better losses than they do. So... Yeah, no, I'm not gonna. I I don't think Wisconsin. I think Wisconsin completely squandered their chances. If they had their loss to Iowa this weekend, it'd be so much different than losing at home to BYU. So the most impressive team that I have so far through the first quarter of this season absolutely has to be LSU, and the most disappointed team I have been so far has to be Wisconsin. There's nothing other than that. It has to be. That is it. Okay. We're gonna move on to the NFL a little bit here, touching on the NFL. Wow, we had absolutely amazing games. I just already said 10 of the 14 Sunday games were within one score of each other, and that's not even including the New England game, which I know everybody besides one little crevice of the country was excited about, ecstatic about. I was absolutely ecstatic about it. I was completely surprised. Obviously, New England was my lock of the week. I'm going to have to do the embarrassing thing now. So, hey, I don't care. I'd rather have my Jags win than than. I don't care at all. Rather have a Jags win. Sorry. But here, breaking news. We had it a couple hours ago. Josh Gordon to the New England Patriots. <laughs> if 
if this ends up working out for New England, this would be <laughs> this would be one of the greatest robberies in all of sports. Okay? It would be one of the greatest robberies in all of sports. It's for a fifth round pick. And if Josh Gordon doesn't play, I think it's 10 games this year. If he doesn't play 10 games, then New England gets a seventh round pick from Cleveland. So you're taking a flyer on a guy who had 1,600 yards in 2013 and nine touchdowns in that year. And this was with quarterbacks Jason Campbell, Brandon Whedon, and Brian Hoyer. If Josh Gordon can put up 1,600, and he didn't even play all the games that year. He only played 13, 14 games that year. If he can put up those kinds of numbers with Jason Campbell, Brandon Whedon, and Brian Hoyer, imagine what he can do with Tom Brady. Just imagine. And now, New England's got that deep threat. This is the best, this is the best receiver they've had since Randy Moss. A lot of people are going to say, oh, how, can, how can you say that? Well, he put up 1,600 yards and nine touchdowns in 13, 14 games with trash quarterbacks. Okay? <laughs> I mean, we look at Randy Moss when he was on the Raiders. Terrible. Absolutely terrible. So, yeah, Josh Gordon to New England. He's the best receiver New England's had in a long time. Not to mention they get Edelman back in a couple weeks. Gronk is still there. And they, they got a nice little receiving core. Chris Hogan's pretty good. They have great backs. So this, this makes New England significantly better. It actually gives them some perimeter talent, which is one of the things they needed. New England's got a legit defense this year. This defense is way better than it was last year. I know they got they just got lit up by Blake Bortles, but this defense is significantly better. They, they have a little bit of a pass rush that they didn't show it last week, but they do have a little bit of a pass rush. We saw it against Houston. So, yeah, no, this... This could be one of the greatest robberies in the history, in the history of the NFL, in the history of sports. And I, I feel so bad for Cleveland, especially if this Josh Gordon thing works out for New England. Because you know that fifth round pick that they got, they're going to completely squander that pick. They're, they're going to pick the wrong guy with that. They're probably going to take like a third string quarterback or something like that, even though they just took Baker Mayfield and they still have Tyron Taylor. They're, you know they're going to mess it up. You know they are. I mean, just everything that Cleveland's gone through this year, too. Just <laughs> Cleveland could be 2-0 right now. Just think about that. They could be, and they should be 2-0 right now. Moving on, how good are the Los Angeles Rams right now? Now, this is a team I'm not going to say I'm wrong on because I still I, I predicted them to go 11-5. I predicted them to go to the playoffs. But this team right now, they look so good. And they haven't even hit their stride yet. They haven't even hit their stride. They played a terrible first half against Oakland, the first half of the of the season. Because they, they basically sat all these players during the preseason. They're like, we're not going to get anybody hurt. We're, we don't care about these games. These games are meaningless. Which brings me to my point from a few weeks ago. Get rid of the preseason. All right? Get rid of the preseason. Add, add two games to the regular season. Get rid of the freaking preseason. But they're not even hitting on all cylinders. They won that game in Oakland 33-13. And then they dominated Arizona 34-0. Now that spread jumped up from 8.5 a week and a half ago. All the way to 13.5. I thought that was an absolutely ridiculous line move. Arizona's 
you got to think about it too. How is Arizona worse? Their offensive line is basically the same as last year. They upgraded at quarterback. Sam Bradford's better than whoever they had after Carson Palmer. Better than Blaine Gabbert. Although it doesn't look like it now. Blaine Gabbert just just took 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 on the Texans and won a game. That defense, the defense is is they're they're always hit or miss. That defense. And David Johnson is back. David Johnson's one of the top five running backs in the league. But I guess it doesn't matter if you don't have an offensive line. We saw that. I mean, but you gotta you gotta understand the Rams. This defense is absolutely legitimate. This is and the, but wow, you I can't wait to see this team. They, now the Rams they have a difficult schedule coming up. They got they got to play the Chargers for the Battle of L.A. and they play the Vikings the week after. Go to going to Seattle. You 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 cannot or underestimate going to Seattle and then going to Denver and then going to San Francisco. We know San Francisco is better, and that game is going to be a Sunday night game. That game is going to be amazing. And then after that, they they gotta play Green Bay and then go to New Orleans. So their schedule is legitimately difficult going forward. Now they they played their two cupcakes, but their schedule is legitimately difficult going forward. But boy, do they look! Good. They've given up 13 points in two weeks. I really don't think Arizona's that bad. But anytime you you thrash a professional team 34 to nothing, you are absolutely legitimate. And like I said, they're not even hitting on all cylinders. All right, next topic. We got Timmy Buccaneers. Some Ryan Fitzpatrick looking like Conor McGregor out here on a post-game interview. But can Fitzpatrick continue at a successful level for the remainder of the season? And is he now the starting quarterback for Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Let's, let's, let's start off with, is he the quarterback for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? I don't see in any way possible how, even if they lose next week, even if they lose next week, how you can put Jameis Winston as a starting quarterback with what Fitzpatrick has done. I mean, the Bucks play Pittsburgh at home next week. It's going to be a tough game. It's going to be a tough game. They might lose that game. They might lose by a lot. But there is no way that you can take Ryan Fitzpatrick out. He is the first quarterback in NFL history to have back-to-back weeks of 400 yards and four touchdowns. We're not talking about Dan Marino. We're not talking about Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers. We're talking about Ryan Fitzpatrick. So yes, he's absolutely the starter. He has to remain the starter. There's no there's no doubt about it. Now, can he continue at a very successful level for the remainder of the season? So let's take a look at his his numbers just in previous years, all right? This by far, he's got a 96 quarterback rating through two games so far. His highest quarterback rating for his career for an entire season, 2015, he had a 63 QBR, 63.5 with the Jets, where he threw 3,900 yards, 31 touchdowns. He did have 15 picks. But that that is what I would say his ceiling is at. I don't think he's going to be better than that season. Now, I know a lot of Jets fans are like, oh my God, he was so good, but that game, he blew it against the worst team in the NFL that year, yada, 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 yada. 
yeah, you want to blame that season on Jets fans. You want to blame that season on Ryan Fitzpatrick for how he played the final week of the season. Go ahead, use that as your scapegoat. I'm not buying it. I'm sorry, not buying it. Because next, I mean, the next year, yeah, he played like trash. I know, I know you're really salty about that one. I know you're really salty about that because you thought you had the guy in Fitzpatrick. You thought you had the guy. Now he's going to regress. He's not going to throw 78% all year. He's not going to throw 400 yards a game. He's not going to throw four touchdowns a game. He's not going to only have one interception in two games for the entire year. I'm sorry, it's just not going to happen. It's not going to happen. He's not going to continue with a 151.5 passer rating. <laughs> it's near freaking perfect. No, he's not. But could he have the best year of his career? It's possible. It's very possible that he has the best year of his career. He's had, out of, out of all of his years, he's had like three or four pretty good years. He had that season of the Jets in 2015, 3,900 yards. He had a season with the Bills in 2011, 3,800 yards, 24 touchdowns, 23 picks. The year before that, 3,000 yards, 23 touchdowns, 15 picks, 24 touchdowns, 16 picks. That's what he is. So he might throw 28, 29 touchdowns and have like 13, 14 picks this year. And if you're getting that from Fitzpatrick, you're 2-0, you're winning games. Defense looks a little bit better after they kind of got shellacked by the New Orleans. Defense looks a little bit better going against Philly. I know I know Nick Foles and everything, backup QB. But still, you got to keep Fitzpatrick. You got Even if he throws, let's say he throws one touchdown and three picks next week against Pittsburgh. doesn't matter. doesn't matter. What he's done so far with this team, this team loves him right now. And you saw that post-game interview, the camaraderie that he, that he has with those guys in the locker room. Yeah, no, he's he's got to be the starting quarterback for this team. And I think he can maintain, not the level, but he can maintain and be a top 15, top 20 guy in the league this year. So, yeah, you absolutely stick with Ryan Fitzpatrick. Moving on, why do the Steelers – Always, every single year, every single year. Why do they always have off-the-field issues? Now, I'm talking about, or it's always drama. It's always something. We currently have Le'Veon Bell holdout situation, James Conner balling out. So Le'Veon Bell is kind of kind of SOL right now. We have Antonio Brown. We had a former, here's the story if you don't know, former Steelers PR person, Ryan Scarpino, tweeted out, I believe it was um I believe it was yesterday or no it was early this morning. Tweets out quote AB needs AB as Antonio Brown. AB needs to thank his lucky stars because he was drafted by a team that had Ben and Ben got AB paid. You know darn well he wouldn't put those numbers for another team for other teams. End quote. And Antonio Brown responds, <laughs> he responds, trade me, let's find out. And as soon as he says this, this, get, this gets the whole freaking sports world up in, up in, a, up in a, uh, a freaking storm. It's like, oh my God, A.B. wants to be traded. A.B. wants to be traded. I think that's a huge overreaction by the media. And honestly, need to calm, calm the hell down, all right? Because this is Antonio Brown. Defending his ability 
that he's one of the top two or three or four receivers in the league, and he is. He's one of the he's one of the top fives. There's no debate. He's one of the top five receivers in the league. Shout out to Joel Felder for not thinking that last year. He's one of the top five receivers in the league. So yeah, I get his point. But dude, you don't gotta be tweeting this out. You don't gotta be doing this. You're <laughs> there's so many issues every say how do you not have the temperature have a feel for the temperature in the room in this situation where it's literally every year there's a new thing social media related or just off the field related with this team and it's so distracting and they're so worried about they're so obsessed with new england too that like they 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 talk all all this crap towards new england they talk all this crap towards these teams and then they get they lose to Jacksonville. It's just it's just always there's always one thing with the Steelers. Why can't why why can't Mike Tomlin put a cover on this? Like why why does Antonio Brown have to do this? I understand his point. I'm not trashing Antonio Brown for this. I I do understand why he's defending his ability as one of the top five receivers in the league. I I totally understand it. But dude, you really don't gotta be saying this. You could have responded in a different way. Why is it always one thing after another? And finally, last thing I would like to say. Jacksonville beating New England yesterday in the manner that they did is one of the worst possible things that could have happened for Le'Veon Bell. All right, confused? Yeah, you're confused, right? You have no idea where I'm going with this. Hear me out. Jacksonville, they are completely, they have been completely reliant on their run game with Blake Bortles. They were good last year because when Fournette was rolling, then Bortles started playing well. This team was a hell of a lot better. Well, Jacksonville just beat New England 31-20. to without Leonard Fournette, without their star running back, without the number four overall pick, without him. And Jacksonville only ran for 100 yards. They had TJ Yeldon, 10 carries, 58 yards. Corey Grant, four carries, 13 yards. Brandon Wilds, three carries for four yards. And Blake Bortles, six carries for 35 yards. D.D. Westbrook had one carry for negative six also. So yeah. They had 100 yards rushing, but Blake Bortles carried this team. He threw for 377 and four touchdowns. And if I was Le'Veon Bell, I would be pissed off about this because that just shows the nature of the league and how much running backs really do not matter at all. They matter in fantasy. We're not talking about fantasy. We're talking about football. Talking about football. I mean... I've been saying this for the last few months. Look at the Patriots and the Eagles. Two teams that were in the Super Bowl last year. They had not one starting running back you would consider an absolute star. They have a plethora of guys, a stable of guys. Okay? James White, Rex Burkhead, Deion Lewis, Jay Ajayi, Corey Clement, LeGarrette Blunt. A plethora of running backs, a stable of running backs. I mean, if you and you look at what James Conner has been doing 
for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, they didn't run the ball that much last week. For some reason, they just didn't like running the ball, which might have been one of the reasons why Kansas City kept putting up so many damn points on them. But he balled out in week one against a pretty good defense. And James, James Conner still had a nice, nice game out of the backfield, too. I mean, he had that one rushing touchdown. And then he had, he had five receptions for 48 yards. That sounds like Le'Veon Bell production. I know he didn't run the ball like Le'Veon Bell, but Pittsburgh only ran the ball 13 times. They weren't trying to run the ball at all last week. Big Ben threw it 60 times. So, yeah, Blake Bortles balling out for Jacksonville when Jacksonville was primarily a run-first team and Blake Bortles really only gets going when Leonard Fournette and that run game's going, that is one of the worst things for Le'Veon Bell and his contract situation. Coming up next week, or sorry, next episode, we're going over week three NFL every single game. Every single game by the spread. We're doing biggest college games of the week. Now, this college is not, there's not a lot of amazing games like there was this past weekend. But right now, I'm looking at four games that I think are going to be pretty interesting. We'll talk about that. We're going to have James. He's going to do his DraftKings sleepers. He's going to post that for you. And I'm going to give you the top 50 teams in college football right now. Be sure to follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, between the hash marks, football podcast. I'm Sean McCabe. Thank you for tuning in. See you next time. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.